0: detoxification is a supernatural process that the body is always trying to accomplish on its own. So we have all of these channels of detoxification um, like our stool, urine, uh, our, you know, mucus coming from our mouth and nose, um, vomiting. If you're really ill, menstrual blood, sweating, exhalation, these are all channels that the body gets rid of toxins. And toxins, what we mean by toxins is not only, you know, chemicals in our environment that the body wants to get rid of that you're consuming just by living in the modern world and eating things, you know, even if you try to eat well, you're still going to have some contaminants in the food that you eat. So your body has to deal with those. And there's also metabolic toxins that are produced through the natural metabolic process, because any energy producing system is going to produce byproducts that have to be eliminated. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way.
1: I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturday, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today I have our friend back on the podcast, uh, Dr. Alex Orton. He has been on previously, uh, Listen to his podcast. It's awesome. He's a great guy and a re- wealth of knowledge. Um, and I really enjoyed our first, uh, our first podcast. So you can check him out on Instagram. Maybe just quickly... Just give us a brief rundown of who you are and what you do, just for the new people that haven't maybe potentially
0: listened to the other podcast. So I'm a naturopathic doctor. I'm, um, we're located in the States. Me and my uh, business partner, Colby run an all virtual practice. We mainly work with people who have chronic illnesses that are, um, super into holistic medicine, they take responsibility for their health. They're trying all the right things, quote unquote but they're still not getting the results they want. And we help them um, through like a long-term four-month program to kind of transform the different aspects of their life in order to finally get the results that they're looking for.
1: And one of the pillars that we, your pillars that you have in your program is detoxification. Um, So I thought, oh, cool. We could just do a podcast just on that and then the different ways you can help your body detoxify, why it's important. So perhaps you think we should start with like, what is it? Like what does detoxification yeah. mean when it comes to the body and why is it important?
0: Yes. Yeah. People have all sorts of crazy ideas of what detox is because of probably all the crazy stuff that's on the yeah,
1: internet. Like, you know, like I used to do those crazy liver detoxes where you just eat, you know, like I drink all juice. I'm like, Oh, you idiot. You don't even need any protein. Like your liver needs protein to do its job, but just all that, that sort of crazy shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Crazy extreme stuff. Um, like a lot of the, Herbal detoxes out there are just like laxatives, like herbal laxatives that just make you shit for like Man, day. No. Um but detoxification is a supernatural process that the body is always trying to accomplish on its own. So we have all of these channels of detoxification, um, like our stool, urine, uh our, you know, mucus coming from our mouth and nose. Um, vomiting if you're really ill, menstrual blood, sweating, exhalation. These are all channels that the body gets rid of toxins. And toxins, what we mean by toxins is not only, you know, chemicals in our environment that the body wants to get rid of that you're consuming just by living in the modern world and eating things. You know, even if you try to eat well, you're still going to have some contaminants in the food that you eat. So your body has to deal with those. And there's also metabolic toxins that are produced through the natural metabolic process, because any energy-producing system is going to produce byproducts that have to be eliminated. So your cells produce, you know, ATP, and there's byproducts of that process that have to be eliminated. right? So the body has these natural um, channels to eliminate those, and if that process is disturbed at all, there's nowhere for the toxic waste to go. It has to be stored in the body. And eventually, that's going to hit a breaking point where it's actually going to start producing symptoms. So almost any chronic disease has a toxicity component that goes along with it, where we want to decrease the toxic load in the environment that they're being exposed to, as well as open up the channels of elimination and improve the efficiency of the liver and the digestive tract to get rid of the waste that the body is trying to get rid of. And that, you know, that principle has been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years.
1: And can you just, before we keep going, I was just thinking in my head what, like, some of the questions listeners might ask me. So, because if they're sort of new to this, can you talk about, like, how the liver, what the liver does, and then, you know, how, like, when you do a poo, for example... How is that getting rid of the toxins?
0: Yes. So I'm not like a biochemistry expert. That's not how I Just, a, just a base, basic understanding yes, of what the liver is. Because you
1: know, like things. people, so often women say to me, oh, but why would I, I don't want to eat the liver because it stores toxins. So the liver doesn't store, like, how does it like a basic understanding of what its job is, yes. part of its yes. job is, you know, getting rid of how it sort of breaks down these toxins and makes them safe for the body to just, dis- you know, get rid of like, for example, estrogen.
0: Yeah. So, so basically anything thats that you're digesting is going to go through what's called the portal system, which is a, a set of blood vessels that brings it to the liver first before it goes into your general circulation. So anything that you consume, it's absorbed through the the, the digestive wall, goes to your liver. The liver conjugates these chemicals, basically changes their molecular makeup to make them easier to be excreted. And depending on what kind of uh, toxin it is or waste product it is, it's going to be either excreted through your stool or through your urine mainly. Again, there's multiple channels that can be released through your sweat if it's like water soluble, but mainly stool if it's fat soluble. So it'll go through your liver and pass through and it'll change the chemical makeup so that when it passes again through the kidneys or through the digestive tract, it's in a form that the body can release. So that's the, that's the easiest way to think about it. Um, a big way that the, that the liver releases the fat soluble toxins is through your bile. So the, the bile that your liver produces will emulsify fats to help them to be digested through the, the small intestine, but also it holds the fat soluble toxins and it will eliminate them that way. That's one of the reasons why coffee enemas, for example, are so effective uh, at liver detoxification because it dumps all that bile and, and excretes it. So we can talk about, I know, get into the coffee enema topic. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and because um, I was just thinking, you know, like a lot of the women, and I was the same, you know, when they come to me, they're really constipated. So like I chatted to a few of them this week, she's like, oh, I just poo every three days. And a lot of them have been under eating, they restrict either consistently restrict and they're really small or they under eat and then they binge eat um and you know uh i think a lot of them are like taking heaps of laxatives and you know like just doing all these things but not actually addressing the root cause of why they're actually not taking shit every single day
0: yes yeah Uh, the the digestive tract is at the center of all of the detoxification process because again if you it's It's really easy to think about the body. If you just want to think about it physically, you're basically, you consume nutrients from your environment and then you have to absorb those, your cells metabolize them, make them into energy, and then you have to excrete the waste. And your digestive tract is a big tube that's literally running through your entire body from your mouth to your anus. We had a teacher that said, uh, you're basically like a walking donut which is so true. It's, it's funny to think about it that way. So improving the digestive capacity is not only improving your absorption of nutrients into your body, but also the excretion of waste. So anytime someone comes to me who has got any chronic problem, hormone issue, autoimmune issue, cancer, anything, almost always they have a digestive issue. Because they're not getting enough nutrients and their their detoxification pathways are limited. And we always work on that first. Because if you're constipated, then there's nowhere for the toxins to leave your system. You have to get that process going if you want to have good detoxification.
1: And so why can you quickly talk about because you know, like I noticed and even for myself, like back in the day, I actually started to consistently eat more food you know, and got out of that cycle of restrict, then binge. So my body was getting the energy that it needed every day to function. I was giving it nutrients, you know, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, I'm having a poo, a good poo every day. You know, like why is, how does that happen? Like, why do you need like good metabolic function and enough energy so that your digestion works?
0: Yes. You're, um, there's this crazy stat that I've heard that 70% of your caloric intake goes towards your digestion, really. which if you think about that, that seems crazy, right? Like it's it <laughs> a, a huge percentage. So if you're not getting the energy that you need, then your body is basically going into survival mode and it's doing only the absolute minimum that it needs to function. Not like literally, right? You're not like literally dying, mm-hmm. but it's it's decreasing the efficiency of a lot of the different processes to hold on to the energy because your body doesn't like to be in an energy deficit, right? Because stress can happen at any time. You could walk out your front door and you have to like deal with something that's on your doorstep. So, the body always wants like a reserve that you can use when the time comes. So, your body is going to basically hold on to its reserves and decrease the Efficiency of your different physiological processes if you're not getting enough energy and digestion because of that huge the huge amount of energy that it takes to break down your food. I mean, it's an amazing process. You take like a whole plate of food and your body breaks that down into mush, absorbs it, gets it all around your bloodstream to all your cells. Your cells make energy, produce waste, and then you poop out the the you know the leftovers it's like an incredible process so definitely you need enough energy to run that entire system
1: i think too like uh oh, maybe that's probably would go off another tangent but all right so okay great we've covered that so what about then so what are the different ways that your body like you know maybe talk about some of the things you do in your program when it comes to detoxification dox- like we've talked about coffee enemas um you know i think like you know eating the raw carrot salad or the mushrooms or the bamboo shoots, you know, I think we talked about the saunas and sweating, um, you know, maybe just going to the different areas of the different ways you can support detoxification. Do you think though it needs to start with those foundations of actually like, what's the most important thing that you start with, like eating enough and eating nutrient dense foods and lowering stress?
0: Definitely. Yeah. Because yeah, if you're stressed, your body's also going to be holding on to everything and you know, you're not going to detoxification happens when your body has enough energy and you know i actually am in into fasting like juice fasting and water fasting has its place in a limited time frame not that often when the body is ready to do that so many people will do like a you know once a month Five day water fast, or like intermittently fast every day, which is just slowly decreasing your body's energy right and slowing your metabolism that's not a good thing to do, so it's okay to fast at the right time, and you can know the right time when you're getting that toxic buildup and like the body needs to excrete what it's holding onto. You can sense that clinically if like you're you're you know you're doing all this work and you're starting to feel crummy and fluey and like achy even getting a fever, like getting a fever would be the best sign in a traditional holistic paradigm that your body is trying to rid itself of toxins. Because a fever is where your body is upregulating your metabolism significantly, right? You're basically creating a furnace. You're killing off all the bacteria that are in your body. You're revving up all your metabolic processes. So when you're starting to get a fever or you feel like you're going to, like you're feeling like fluey, that's a great time to fast because your body's already revving itself up, right? So I just want to, I'm not fundamentally against fasting, but the way that it's done in the modern age is like this long-term chronic daily inner, which you're just slowing, 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 slowing down, right? So, So fasting is like an ancient way of doing it, but the the idea is you basically want to open up the channels of elimination before you do that you want to make sure that you're not putting more toxins into your body so cleaning up your diet eating good nutrient-dense foods supporting your metabolic energy so you have enough energy to run those detoxification pathways getting enough sleep decreasing stress all those things are prerequisite in our office we do food intolerance testing 'Cause a lot of people have foods, even good foods they're eating, their their body can't handle them. They're just creating metabolic waste because your body can't process them. And, you know, food intolerances can be different for each person. Even if you're eating, let's say, you know, really high quality food, really high quality milk, some people just can't handle milk. Maybe they can later, but like that it cut out the foods that are causing problems for you. So you're not putting more toxins in the system. And then once you've done those prerequisites, the whole idea is opening up the channels. So depending on where the issue is, there's different things that you can do. The liver is always uh, the foundation of every detoxification uh, pathway because everything passes through the liver before it leaves the body. So anything that can support liver detoxification, highly recommended, which is coffee enemas, castor oil packs. its a That's an old school um, routine where you basically take a wool or cotton flannel that's covered in a little castor oil, put it over your liver with a hot uh, water bottle or heating pad. And that brings a lot of blood flow to your liver to allow for the excretion of toxins. Um, the animals are also working to open up the colon and, and get rid of the stool. So there's like colonics and other things you can do to actually improve your digestive uh, capacity and get rid of the stool that's in your colon. Sweating, anything that makes you sweat, which includes working out, but also saunas because you, you release toxins through your sweat. Definitely if you have any skin issues, that's your body's attempt to eliminate toxins through your skin because your skin is a huge detoxification organ. So if you have skin issues, I would think of, for example, detoxifying your liver as well as sweating to eliminate the toxins through your skin because that's already where the body is trying to eliminate. And that brings up an important point that I want to mention is so much of conventional therapies don't understand this concept. This is like an intelligence that the body has. The body is intelligently trying to heal itself by eliminating and excreting toxins. And so many of the conventional medicines that are available are suppressive to that process. So we already talked about fevers. The body tries to spike a fever when it's trying to heal itself and deal with a toxic burden. And then you take you know anti-fever medicines to decrease your fever, which is the worst thing you can do, and it's only gonna prolong the process. When you have a, a young child they oftentimes have all these skin issues and high fevers that they're spiking because their body's so healthy and they're trying to deal with all of these toxins that have been they've inherited from their mother and father. But what happens is you suppress their fever and then you suppress the skin issue with steroid creams and you keep doing that over and over, and then the child develops asthma, and then you suppress that with, you know, corticosteroid inhalers, suppress, suppress, suppress and then the child gets allergies. You suppress that with cortisone, and then the child gets an autoimmune condition when they're 25. right? That's like the story of every modern person's health journey is that you've just suppressed so many of the body's natural capacities of trying to get rid of the toxins and to put itself back in order. And if you're not able to, to look at the body intelligently and see what it's trying to do, you're going to say, oh, that rash is a dysfunction, we have to make that go away. So let's slap some steroids on there. Well, there's nowhere for that to go. It doesn't like magically disappear just because you put steroids on there. You're just pushing it deeper into the body, right? So, So many of the conventional medicines are suppressing when the whole idea of detox is to open up, to open up the channels and let the toxins actually come out. And sometimes what that will lead to is rashes or like breakouts, right? Because like you're, you're basically opening up the channels and maybe the toxins are coming out too fast. So they're trying to come out through the skin. Maybe you'll get a fever. Maybe you'll feel achy and tired. You need to sleep longer. You know, These are all ways the body is trying to deal with the, the issue. But when you go through what we call that healing crisis, once you actually get rid of those toxins that the body is trying to get rid of, your health takes a quantum leap quantum leap up. Like we're talking, you've had a chronic disease for like 20 years and you get these toxins out of the system and it might be kind of a rocky road. You have to work it. keep mm-hmm. he, is, you know, enemas and routines. There's some the rashes you're experiencing, some breakouts. Once you get through that, quantum leap in how you feel. Wow. Now Okay. Let's go back and talk about
1: each one in a, a bit more detail on each one. So let's start with the coffee enemas. Talk more about what that is, how it actually works, you know, how you would do it, how often you would do it.
0: Yeah. So, um most people are familiar with an enema and the main reason why you would do an enema is if you're constipated, right? So people think, "Oh, well, enemas are just kind of clearing me out and, you know, it's almost like a laxative effect." While enemas definitely have that effect, but the primary effect that it has is the coffee being absorbed through your colon wall, going through the portal vein system to your liver, and then the caffeine and the palmitic acid that's in the coffee upregulates glutathione production in your liver like 600 to 700%. They've done studies where they've shown the glutathione increase afterwards. Can you send me the links to those studies and I'll put them in the show notes? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, And then the caffeine is going to really upregulate the liver metabolism. So it's going to increase detoxification significantly, and it's going to create a dumping of the bile that your liver and gallbladder is holding onto. It's going to put it into the small intestine and get ready for excretion. So coffee enemas are working all the way at the level of the liver, which is basically right below your stomach, right at the way top of your small intestine, all the way down to your colon. So it's like a huge you know, digestive detoxification. But the main effect that it has is on your liver. And there's nothing else that I know of to detoxify your liver better than a coffee enema, especially considering that it's cheap. It's easy to do. You can do it at home preventatively every week or even multiple times a week.
1: Yeah, so um, so basically like if you've never done one before, it's like this bag that you hook up. And you boil up the coffee, like 800 mils, let it soak for 10 minutes, obviously drain it out. Don't do it, put it in there hot, obviously. <laughs> let it cool <laughs> down. Let it cool down. And then you basically stick this tube up your ass and lay there and let the coffee go in and then hold it for about 15 minutes, yeah? 15? Yep. yep. Yeah, ten, 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 ten. 10 to 15. ideal time? 10 to 15? Is there any benefits from doing it longer or like
0: what's the ideal time? I think t- after 10 minutes, you're good to go. And you might not be able to hold it that long, but you know when nature calls, you bro, Yeah, <laughs> and then you just obviously let it let it go out, and then that's it. It sounds it, like everyone's intimidated by it, but it's so simple. I mean, I I've literally probably done like five hundred animals, and <laughs> like in the course of like six years, like it's I I it's a it's a main part of my health routine. I use a very skinny little tube. There's a lot of different tubing out there that you can use. And I found one that's like super skinny. I've tried all different ones. Ones that are like uncomfortable kind of and you know, whatever. We found um, one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, so if you get the right equipment, um, it's like pe- people also think they're going to like poop all over the floor. Like hey, people yeah. don't understand like how do how does my body hold on to the coffee? Is it, they think they're just going to be like pouring out of it. <laughs> They've been a colonic and like, it's just like, it's like in and out, but you, your body's able to hold on to it yeah. very easily. You're not going to poop all over the floor unless your body tells you you're going to, you know, so you like know what's happening. You're in control. It's super easy.
1: And so you, would you recommend like, say if you don't have any, you're not constipated or you, you're you not sick, like just one a week as a maintenance dose. And then you, but yep. people in your practice, like do you get them to do it more than one, once a week?
0: I, yeah, I think that once a week is a great preventative amount to do it. I try to get people to do it two, sometimes three times a week. If I am working with someone who has cancer, they're doing it once a day, if not twice a day. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yep. Um, Which, you know, which is cool because this has been done, like the the Gerson therapy, which was in the 1930s, Max Gerson really popularized coffee enemas Mm -hmm. and he was having cancer patients do it like- Five times a day, wow. which really takes up a lot of time, but he published fifty cases of successes of people with really serious stage four cancer like he it's published results, which is just amazing, and it shows that not only is it really safe, but it also works, you know yeah. and the um other cancer therapies that I've studied like. William Donald Kelly and Nicholas Gonzalez—they had metabolic programs. They used pancreatic enzymes with the coffee enemas. They were doing it twice a, uh, a day. That's what they recommended for people with cancer. And between them, they have another 150 case studies published of like amazing successes with cancer. So it shows you that people can do it long term. I mean, these are people that are doing this like for years wow. to keep to to reverse their cancer and then keep it at bay. So. You know, you can read old accounts of people that recommended enemas, recommending them every day without any harm. So it just goes to show that, like, you don't have to worry. You know, people will say, like, oh, can you, you can overdo it? And you really can't. Like, they're, they're, they're very, very safe. I think once a week is good just as a maintenance dose. They're also great too. Like, if you are hungover, if really? you eat, oh, yeah. yeah Whatever. Yeah, if you uh, if you eat something that doesn't sit right, yeah. like you know, you may go out to eat and like you ate something that was off. Um, if you're ever constipated, if you travel, it's easy to bring it when you travel. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling sick, like you, you get like an acute illness, so it's it's a great tool. Like we love teaching people about tools they can use; mm-hmm. so they don't have to rely on like going somewhere and doing something. It's like you can do this at, at the comfort of your own home whenever you need it. Yeah, cool. Okay, cool. All
1: right, so let's talk about the castor oil pack. So yeah. talked about how that works.
0: Um, How often would you do it? How long do you do it for? Castor oil packs are really gentle, and they, they're more gentle than a coffee enema. so you need to do them more often. So I typically recommend doing them basically every night before you go to bed, 20, 30 minutes. It's really relaxing. It can help you sleep. So you can buy castor oil pack kits online. Yep. It's very simple to do. Do it laying in bed, watching TV, reading a book, chilling for just 20 minutes. You can reuse the packs over and over. You just need like a, a thin film of castor oil over the pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, like a, like a hot water bottle or heating pad. Um, so I recommend doing them like five times a week, getting in the, the habit of doing them. And I can also send you the kit that we recommend too, if you want to. Yeah, cool.
1: Have... Put the links in yeah, and send
0: that to me. That'd be awesome. Okay, cool.
1: Um, What was the next thing? There's saunas. So we're pumped because we've got our red light sauna coming. It was supposed to come in and looking at the date January, but now because the guy's so busy, February. So can you talk a bit about more about saunas, you know, how often yes. you do them, you know, I'm assuming you yeah. keep well hydrated too, because you're sweating.
0: Yeah saunas like anything can be stressful if you overdo them like it's the same it's it's the same with cold therapy and hot therapy i think they both have their place hot and cold is fundamental to detoxification because what hot and cold does is it pumps your blood and your lymph through your body Mm -hmm. and when you do hot and cold contrasting so like do a sauna, take a cold shower, like rinse, do another sauna, take a cold shower, rinse. You're basically dilating and constricting your blood vessels and your lymphatic vessels. So you're moving all of the blood through your system very efficiently, which means that it's passing the liver more often. And it's basically like cleaning you all out. It's like really cleansing your blood. So Cold therapy, I know like in the pro-metabolic world, people oftentimes are against cold therapy because the idea is it's going to slow you slow your metabolism down. But if you do short cold therapy, especially after you've done warm, so you're not like shocking your body, like you're already warmed up and your metabolism is already running high and then you do a short cold. When you say therapy, short, how long is short? Even just like a short rinse, like 30 seconds to a minute in the shower. Yeah. You know, nothing over that's too long. What they actually called that in uh, old school hydrotherapy, because hydrotherapy was a big part of like the old nature cure, which is like the classic naturopathic school that started in Germany. It was all based in like really clean, nutrient-dense eating and hydrotherapy and like herbs. So hydrotherapy was the main... Way that they detoxified people, and that was hot and cold. And they actually called the cold phase the warming phase because what your body does in response to the cold is it really stimulates your thyroid and your whole metabolism because your thyroid warms you up. So if you do short cold exposure, your thyroid's going to pump and be like, all right, let's get the body warm. So it's actually ultimately warming, it's not co- cooling you down. Unless you do it for too long and then, you know, you're putting stress. So that's all just to say that anything that heats you up and 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 you know does that contrast of temperature is gonna be detoxifying. So that's why saunas are really useful. You're warming the body up, you're dilating the blood vessels, the blood is pumping through your system, and then you also get the sweating effect that's very good for um heavy metal detoxification. So if you know that you have a heavy metal problem, doing saunas and taking something like cl- chlorella, which is a heavy metal binder, you can do a uh, a challenge if you want to, you could test your urine after doing like a sauna, like a series of saunas with chlorella and heavy metals will just be pouring out of your urine basically. And you can, you know, it'll come out of your your skin as well through the sweat. So that's, it's great for heavy metals. I definitely recommend though, doing a little even a short cold or cool rinse after the sauna and you can even do like multiple cycles of that so how long would you sit in the sauna 10 minutes yeah i mean it's it's pretty individual based on how you're feeling you don't want to totally fatigue yourself yep so when you're feeling hot and bothered so
1: like and, 5 minutes 5 to 10 minutes maybe
0: yeah 10 is fine some people may be able to go longer um, but if you want to ultimately go longer then just take a second, take a break, go in the cool shower and then you can go back in again and then you can make it a longer session without stressing your body too much.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, and how many times a week would you do it? It's
0: three. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily do it every single day unless it was something more gentle, like a red light bulb sauna. Yep. You know, they have like, there's infrared and there's ones that are hot and like the red light bulb are nice because it's, it's warm, but it's not like overly, yeah. um, right. Overly stimulating. So they're, are uh, cancer patients that do red light bulbs on every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, they're just more gentle. So I think you just have to be aware. It's just like working out, right. You don't want to do like a insane workout every day because you're going to be fatigued and you're putting yeah. too much stress on your body. Two to three times a week. Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. So we've talked about the coffee in the, uh, castor oil, the, the, the saunas. Was there anything else? Was there any other, was there one, one, other one?
0: Anything that is going to improve your digestive function. So you talked about like the, the mushroom, you know. Oh,
1: well- that's what I was going to ask you. So like carrot yeah. salad, bamboo shoots, mushrooms. What about like well-aged cascara?
0: Sure. Yeah. Anything that gets the bowels moving, which, you know, ultimately you want to look into like, why are you constipated? Which could be a dietary issue. It could be again like a food intolerance issue. Um, it, it could be because your liver's backed up. You know, if you have like lighter colored stools, like going towards like the yellow spectrum, that means that your liver is backed up. So, you know, you want to kind of get to the bottom of why is that happening. But using those tools to bind up the toxins in the gut binders, bentonite's really good. That's a classic one too, or activated charcoal. Those are kind of working on the same concepts as like the, you know, the the bamboo shoots and the the carrots. That the carrots also have fiber, which is good, right? So that helps like move things through. Um, but yeah, getting making sure that you're having a regular bowel movement every day is a prerequisite to this.
1: Yeah. Um. What do you think too about, you know, like obviously uh, you would know about our skincare that we created, you know, I think like, I just think back to all the like prior finding Emma, all the shit that I'd rub on my skin, like fake tan, the face creams, the moisturizers, deodorant, so much perfume. I'm like, oh my God. Like I just was this load of like, um, of just toxins that my skin was absorbing. Can you talk more about that? Because I think that's something that people, women aren't really aware of.
0: Yes. Uh, my heart goes out to women who are taking birth control for like 30 years and putting all these toxic chemicals on their skin. And men just don't have that same toxic load. And it really has uh, an impact, you know, mm. over time. So, you know, I, I what you're eating to me is number one. Because most of your immune system is in your gut. So you want to clean up your diet as the primary thing that you do. But, you know, I cringe when people have like those air fresheners in their car. Like you go into, I don't know if you have Uber or if there's an equivalent in Australia, but like, man, you go into an Uber and you're just like blasted by the air fresheners or, you know, anything in your environment, like harsh chemicals, cleaning products and definitely anything that you're putting on your skin because even if companies say like oh it's you know it's not absorbed like everything's absorbed through your skin so it like whatever you put on your skin is gonna be in your bloodstream um so yeah like that's a it's a major major source of toxins um if you're putting on makeup every single day and and all those chemical laden products like it's it's a big burden that you need to deal with for sure
1: yeah one of the reasons why we i remember how saturate began was i messaged emailed emma one day saying oh look you know like obviously i'd asked her so many times about what's good makeup what can you put in your skin and she's like she'd give me certain brands and say but they're not amazing you know there's nothing that it's like i've really come across that i could really get behind i said oh, i think i'm thinking about creating a skincare skincare. And she replied back, do you want a business partner? And which I'm so glad I did because she's like the brain, the, the chemist, I guess, you know, the formulator. And she's incredible. Like she's so um, anal about everything and quality. And she does so much research. Like she went back and forth with Ray and Georgie, so much on the skincare. And finally, you know, we've created the Saturate skincare and it's just amazing. You know, I slathered the cream on every day on my body. The face cream's incredible. Um, you know, no toxins, all saturated fats. Um, and we're actually formulating makeup now, which is really cool because it's so hard to find good makeup. We've got a methylene blue serum and a vitamin C serum coming out. We've got a soap, a bubble bar, sunscreen. We're doing
0: sunscreen. How cool is that going to be? Nice. Your stuff is so clean. I love your stuff. The yeah. the, the ingredients are so clean. Um, just the fact that you even know the words, because usually even if you get something from like that, natural (laughs) health section you still look at the back and you're like yeah it's and i don't know i'm not a chemist i don't know what these things are i just try to avoid those if i can but it's what's so cool too is like there's we always have this joke in like naturopathic school like you you try to do like you know healthy like bug spray or healthy deodorant and it like it's like clean but it doesn't work at all like we you put out like healthy bug spray and you get just Killed by mosquitoes. You no, know, you put like this healthy deodorant on and like, it doesn't work at all. Yeah. So to find something that's as clean as your stuff and actually works for people. Like, and I can imagine for women with makeup, it's like, they would oftentimes rather use something that's harsher if it's going to actually work. Yeah, 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 like, totally.
1: Yeah. Cause it's so hard. Like at the moment I use, um, like RMS beauty it's not bad. Um, I think it's Azura. I've got a few of their things. And then I've just got some shit makeup. That's like, if I'm going out, you know, like yeah, if yeah, that's before. Yeah. but you don't use it every day. Cause so I'm like, oh, I right. can't be perfect. And you know, I want to look nice when I go out, but the day to day stuff, like using every day, like I, the RMS is pretty good. I use it. It'd be so good when we have ours cause we're doing a foundation, a bronzer and a lip cheek tip, which will be awesome. But I really am so excited about this, about the sunscreen because oh, so. there's oh. just no good sunscreen, you know? Um, the, the ingredients. Well, I can't describe it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we actually <laughs> had a meeting yesterday and in the chat, like, cause Emma goes, obviously does all the formulation and she's like, okay, you need to take this out or swap this. I've researched this ingredient. That's a no, you know? Um, and some of the things that we're talking about is having a lower SPF and having less shit ingredients. Cause some of the things that you've got to put in it to get it to like 50 and we'd rather, we'd rather have a lower, like, and just apply it more frequently. Um, yeah, yep. and also make it so that you can put it with for your kids too, because a lot of women are like, I don't have anything I can put in my kids. So yeah, it's really exciting. That's great, yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, have we missed anything? Do you think is there anything else you want to add or talk about?
0: Well, I mentioned I mentioned the fasting, and and I, you know, I I think I already made the point, but I just want to be clear that I know in the pro metabolic world, fasting is like this big no no, and it's. You just have to know when you're using what therapy, right? So, like, people will do like these juice cleanses every month, like chronically, and they're just low calorie. You're just slowing your metabolism down. But if you're in a place where you're feeling like, okay, especially if you have a fever, the fee of having a fever is the number one reason why you would do a fast, whether it would be. You don't have to go all water if that's too intense. You could do broth. You could do juice, you could just do light food. But if you eat food when you have a fever, it's going to prolong the the fever process because you're just your body has to use those calories to I'm sorry, your body, yeah, your body has to use the calories that it's consuming to digest the food that you're eating, which is going to be taking it away from your body, trying to use it to spike your fever and increase your metabolism to get rid of the problem, you see? So it just prolongs the process. So doing some sort of modified short-term fast when you have a fever, I recommend that. Uh, There might be a time if you're recovering from a chronic illness and you're doing the basics and you're doing these detoxification routines that you might feel like super bloated or like, you know, a lot of GI issues, um, y maybe even get a fever, which is more rare these days, but that used to be the old school way that people would heal from chronic problems is they'd actually get a fever, which would be like amazing. If you get a fever, when you're trying to cure some of the chronic disease, you're like, praise the Lord, right? Cause they're gonna actually reverse that. Yeah. Um so there's a time and a place for a short-term fast. It just shouldn't be part of your regular routine like it is for so many people that are especially the intermittent fasting. Like I, I'm i not into that at all because it's you're not actually putting your body in that detoxification mode. You're just slowing your metabolism down. That's very different from doing like a three-day, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: I think too, like, you know, I, I think about, Obviously, I try and eat breakfast every morning because I'm hungry and it needs to set me up for the day. But I think when you're healthy and, you know, like just an example, like on the weekend, if we're, you know, like out and, you know, maybe we're out shopping or something. And so I'd have lunch and usually I'd have a meal in between, but I'm like, oh, I can't be fucked eating out. So I don't eat anything and then I'll have a bigger dinner or like maybe I'm going out for a, a late brunch with some friends, so which means I'm not actually eating till like 10. So like it, that's fine. I'm like I'm healthy and it's not a big deal, you know. You you can cope with that. I think it's just like the like you say it's the ongoing. Like the women that consistently skip breakfast and they undereat for the rest of the day. Then they're overtraining or they've got so much other stress in your life. It's like of course you know sometimes you're gonna miss a meal and sometimes you might not. You know you go out later for breakfast. It's not you know you're not gonna die and. That,
0: and that's bit
1: stress is going to kill you, but it's like, it's the, it's the consistent ongoing, I think, under eating, fasting that causes all the issues for women.
0: A hundred percent. And doing a fast is going to be stressful to the body. If you do like a, like, let's say like a three day fast, mm-hmm. but if you're in the right place to do that in your health journey, your body can handle that. And it's actually to be in that positive for you, mm-hmm. you know, and just like you said, you don't have to be perfect. If you skip some meals sometimes, like oftentimes in the holistic medicine world, we hold ourselves to such this perfect standard as if we're like made of glass and we're going to shatter like mis- you know, like the body's so resilient. Like it could, it's designed to handle like, you know, like, oh shoot, we went out to hunt this buffalo and we missed and like, now we don't have, it's like damn, okay, we got to go out tomorrow. It's like, okay, you go out tomorrow and you'll... You yeah, yeah we can go. We do just drop over and
1: drop dead because we didn't get to eat tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I think I really like that because
1: I think sometimes it's like, oh, fuck. Stop trying to be so fucking perfect. Like, that's just more stressful, you know? Yes. And it's like what you're doing most of the time. And I think it's understanding and knowing when you're, like, pushing it too far. It's interesting you said about the skin thing because something for me, if I ever get really stressed and it's ongoing, I will get, like, um on this middle finger, like a rash, like an eczema mm. type rash. If it's really bad, I'd get it on my face. And that's when I know I'm like, I've stressed my body out too much. And if I pull back, you know, like whatever it is, that's happening. And then it goes away. Like, it's amazing. Yes. Yeah. And it's, yes. it's obviously if you're understanding those signs and not constantly stressing your body out all the time, but obviously there's stress in life and, you know, you're going to eat imperfectly. And sometimes, you know, we talked about having the drinks and, you know, We both really like alcohol. (laughs) We don't have these big benders anymore, but, you know, it's fun to have a drink. Like, I love cocktails. I just love them. I I actually quite like feeling pissed. You know, like a bit, not wasted, but just have, you have a few drinks and it's a bit relaxing and, you know, you feel happy and, you know, it's, but every now and then it's fun to do it. You know, not like I used to. get.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Call that being pissed?
1: Pissed. Yeah. You're pissed. And like we have this joke about like I'm not piss fit anymore. Like I used to be so piss fit, you know, because I used to drink so much, and obviously you get used to it, and you get used to feeling hungover. So you're like, oh no, I'm fine. But now obviously because I do it so much, just have a few drinks, and I feel quite tipsy, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's yeah, like
0: with it's not it's not about being perfect, hey. It's not no. about being... No. that stresses you out more. I'm so, I'm still caught on the piss. I've never heard that before. What do you call it? I do think piss. Yeah. Like like getting weight you mean like getting wasted? Yeah. Getting wasted. Yeah. Getting pissed. I I like that's funny though. Getting pissed. Yeah, it's it's fun too, or what's great about not drinking very often is like it doesn't take a lot to feel feel nice, you know, to feel good. So tipsy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's 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 so stressful to hold yourself to a perfect standard. I think it's actually a one of the biggest Obstacles to actually feeling the way that you really want to feel, because you're you're what do you you're basically what you're doing is you're just judging yourself constantly. You're holding yourself up to the standard, and if you don't meet it, like if you make one mistake, then you like judge yourself harshly. It's like, oh damn it, I missed breakfast. Like I'm gonna, I'm this is so stressful for me, and I'm doing damage to my body. You know, you're just constantly judging yourself, and that's such an obstacle to actually. Being healthy, because what is health? Health is being integrated. Mind, body, and soul. You know, like, and and we should think about it that way. We shouldn't just think about it as a physical thing that we're trying to do. We should think about the mental well-being that is synonymous with good health. So, yeah, I think that that means living in balance and also having fun and doing things that, you know, are part of your culture, like. Eating your grandma's lasagna, even if it's, like, not I the best. Lasagna.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, pa- like, pasta, like, well, I really, I really like pasta. Like, last <laughs> night I have, I had, um, I just love it so much, you know, it's so amazing. Just, just really simple, like, a tomato base with lots of herbs and salt, a bit of sugar, prawns, palms and cheese, and then, like, just fresh pasta. And it's so easy and so delicious, you know, but I don't have pasta five times a day. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love pasta. Oh, it's the greatest thing ever, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. But, you know, like Craig, you know, I think some people, Craig just seems to have, like, his thing is digestion. If he's, you know, he just has to be more careful with his digestion and he just doesn't, can't eat pasta as much as I do. Like, he could eat it, but he just feels a bit, he says, like, my eyes get a bit puffy and he just will have it just occasionally. And that's a
0: choice that he makes, you know? Yes. And I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up again because it's just like the skin rashes that you experience, This is why symptoms are so important, because they're the way that your body communicates to you. And that's the way that you heal, because you do things, and then your body communicates to you with symptoms, and then you adjust your behavior accordingly. And through that process, you figure out what you need to do. But again, so much of conventional medicine is based in suppressing the messenger yeah. So then you don't actually get the feedback that you need of what you're doing. So then what's going to happen is eventually the body's going to rebel against that and you have to keep upping the dose of the medication or you're just going to keep suppressing it and then it's going to come out in some other way, like suppressing the asthma and then you get an autoimmune condition. That's a real phenomenon that happens. So you don't want to kill the messenger. The the messenger is the symptom, and the symptom is the way that you heal. So symptoms aren't something that you want to fight, even though they can be very uncomfortable. Like my thing is digestive issues as well. Mm-hmm. If I'm stressed, I get loaded, constipated, feel all stuffed up. Yeah, you know, it breaks the same. You, you can see you know, it with eyes. Like yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, and 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 you know because I've been aware about this stuff for so long. I've come to understand my body. It's like a meditation every day. You're like getting biofeedback from your body every day and adjusting your behavior. And then I have all these tools that I've learned over the course of time, like the enemas and things. So even if there's a minor thing that happens and I get stressed and then I experience symptoms, I know I'm stressed. The body is telling me I'm stressed. I have these tools at my disposal to put myself back together. And what used to be like a stress that would knock me out for like weeks in the past. Now it like lasts a day or two and, and I'm back, you know? So it's so useful. It's so, so useful to have symptoms and we like hate our body for it. when We experience these things. We just want to make stuff go away. And it's like, you want to like be patient and listen to what's happening,
1: you know? Yeah. And would you, and this is just a note for like, cause a lot of women who listen to this podcast, um, and that we work with have done extreme diets for a long time like many many years like 30 years so and especially i think like some of the women that were like me that really did restrict consistently so they've always been pretty small you know like 50 60 ish kilos and you know maybe tall or whatever and you know when they start to go through this process of trying to improve their health um Sometimes they will like they like for example when I you know, come a lot heavier than I was previously, so have got heaps more muscle. But like before, I would stay lean by under consistently under eating and doing a heap of exercise. So obviously that had repercussions. Like I had a miscarriage, I had polyps removed, I had shitty digestion, you know. And then when I started to um, eat more and strength train, obviously my weight. I wasn't really small anymore because I was like putting on muscle and putting on body fat, but you improving my health. And I think some women can like this, get, you know, they'll put this body fat on and they're still not fat. They're not overweight, but they feel overweight because they've always been so small. And they, they, they really want it. They're like, I really want to fix my health, but I also want to change my body composition at the same time and have this lean toned athletic body. I'm like, well, you have to spend some time, sit at maintenance for a while. Like, eat maintenance calories. You're you're not overweight. Like, you don't have a obese body fat percentage, even though it feels like it is. But if you're constantly trying to, like, not eat enough so that your body can repair itself. Like, do you think that's important? Like, potentially some people just sitting at, not, they don't necessarily need to gain a ton of weight. I don't think that's the case either. Because that's not healthy. If you gain fucking 30 kilos of fat, that's stressful to try and lose. But just going, I'm just going to sit at maintenance for a while with my calories. So I'll maintain my current weight. Give my body the energy and nutrients needs to fix, like get these internal systems working. And then once you're in a good spot, then you can go, okay, might push the training a bit more now because my body's a bit more resilient to the stress. So building that stress resiliency, because I think that's really a thing. Like a lot of women, they've done these diets for so long and then they're like, fuck, kitty, I want to have this awesome body, but I also want to be really healthy. But they're trying to like, they're trying to shortcut the process.
0: Yes. Yeah. People underestimate how patient they have to be with their body and healing when they've had decades of stress. You know, like you want to give your body time and listen to what it's saying because if you just force the issue again, you're just going to go on the same roller coaster that you've just been doing for the last 20 years and you don't want to go down that road again. So it requires being patient, listening to your body going at the pace that your body wants to go because your, your body is an intelligent organism and you can't force it to do what it doesn't want to do. Only at your detriment do you force it to do something that it's not ready to do. So it requires being patient. And then what I would add for the women who you know, are, are having like this dilemma, obviously weight brings up a lot of emotional baggage so to me like i'm working with this one woman right now and she wants you know she doesn't necessarily want to look like what she did when she was 20 but she has this idea of health and that's not where she's at and she really wants to lose weight but she's already gone through the ups and the downs for decades and she still kind of like toys in her mind with the idea of okay let me just restrict and like get back down and it's like that's not healthy for you in any capacity, physically, mentally, or emotionally, because you're just driving the same emotional pattern of your need to look a certain way for you to love and accept yourself. And it doesn't mean that like you shouldn't try to lose weight, mm. right? Like, that's fine. But if you need to lose 30 kilos or however many pounds in order to accept yourself, that's an issue, you know? Like- so being patient and working on your own, you know, your own stuff, like your own false beliefs that you have about yourself and trying to like quiet down the critic that's just judging the crap out of you every time you step in front of the mirror, that's the real healing. And then once you can quiet that voice down and love and accept yourself, there won't be so much resistance to you actually losing the weight. Like mm-hmm. I think that's that's what would lead to the best long-term weight loss. Is like a, you know, a consistent program, patience, and then like the mental and emotional aspect as well.
1: Yeah. Cause it's, it's, this thing is too, it's like you're changing your lifestyle and your behavior behaviors and you're, you're forming a new identity, you know, and these are the things that we all do. Like I say to women, like the things that I'm teaching you to do, what do you think is going to change when you reach your desired body composition and health goals? Like all the things I teach you, I do the same, the same shit obviously I have a bit more flexibility. Like you say, like we can go and have some drinks and it's not like, you know, so bad or eat some, you know, some people would be more sensitive at the start and they're healing. They need to be tighten it up, I think. And then obviously as you get better, you can have more flexibility. And I think if you're, you know, with women in our program, if they're in a, at a good spot and they're, you know, losing body fat, they have to eat in calorie deficit, like a small yeah. calorie deficit. You have to obviously track and maintain that. But, you know, I think it's like, You're right. And it takes time. You know, I always say to women, 12 to 18 months, depending on where you, like you mentioned two years, you know, and I think, you know, that might seem like a long time, but remember like how many years has it taken you to get to where you are? Like you've been, you're sitting there telling me that you've done these crazy ass diets for 20 years. You know, you didn't rush here. You can't rush back. And really like 12 to 18 months to get to where you want to be and then sustain it for the next 50 years is actually not very long. And if you keep doing the same thing over and over, in 10 years' time, you'll be back here telling me, Kitty, I'm still overweight, I still can't sleep, you know, I've got all these menopause, so you'll be worse, you know, so it actually is quicker, but I think it's, like you say, acceptance. It's that acceptance and just going, okay, you know, and I get it, like, I was that small chick, tiny, I was tiny, you know, and I know what it's like to put on body fat and put on weight, and, you know, it's just... But you've got to, like you say, it's that, it, that acceptance and focusing on things that you can control and that, you know, and try and focus on feeling better. Cause I think now, like I think about when we talked about this sleep, like now if I get a shit night's sleep, I'm like, Oh God, like I could just never do those crazy ass diets again. Cause I couldn't fathom being so tired and hungry and just, it's just not worth it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We live in such like a quick fix culture. Which is probably due to like the whole pharmaceutical industry where, like, you take a Xanax and like you feel like your anxiety's gone immediately, you know? So we want that, like, that quick promise, that like magic pill. It's all like a big marketing scam, right? Like, that's not how long term sustainable health works. And like you said, if you really want to fundamentally Stop going on the roller coaster and have long term change, which is what everyone really wants. They want to feel good long term. You have to do long term sustainable, practical changes to get there. There's no quick fix. like it, that just that just doesn't exist, and it's like I'm sorry if that's a disappointment, but that's not how nature works. Like nature is is a methodical process, an intelligent methodical process that moves at a certain pace. What well, we say to people that we treat that have a chronic illness, for however many years you've had the chronic illness, is how many months it takes to fully reverse it. So if you've been sick for twenty years with this problem, yeah, yeah. right, I love and that. I think that's realistic. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and also too, it's like that's if you're consistent, because I think you've also got to remember too that you're going to have roadblocks, shit's going to come up. Like, if I look at all the women in our program, the ones, you know, 18 months, they've had all these little roadblocks and road bumps and times where there's been no progress, but that's just normal. You know, you've got to, I think, really uh, coach yourself and teach yourself that that's part of it. And it's actually interesting. I was having a conversation with Big Out Ops Manager yesterday um, and, you know, like we've been, we did a, had a bought our gym in what, 2015. And then we started an online program in 2017, Saturday, I think three years after that, and You know, I just, sometimes I reflect and think about like the business and like all the ups and downs we've had. And it was, it's, you know, I think I'm at a much better place now where I understand that there are peaks and troughs in the business. And Vic and I were talking about it yesterday and that we know now, like we were talking about in the past, we've had a bit of a trough and gone, fuck, we need to change everything, which we don't. We just have to ride the wave. And, you know, look, obviously there's different strategies and things and we evolve and stuff, but it's like now we're much more calmer, you know, and like we, and I think too, like even in business, like we've built, like we have a good base and, you know, we have like cash reserves that we have, like in, with the body. Like if you build that good foundation and you, um, you know, you're eating well and training, sleeping, you've got that foundation and resiliency so that when some stress happens, you can just Ride the wave, you know, and I think it's the same in business. And we've gotten to that point now where, and I just know that like with more certainty that we're going to always be okay because we've built that good foundation. We're doing what we know is true to ourselves and what we love. And we've got that long-term vision, you know, just chip away every day and we be consistent. We show up and we, and I just always have proved to myself in the past. Okay. That shit works. You get through it. And you continue to progress. So I think it's, yeah, just once you accept that and just, you know, play that long-term and someone I really, I don't know if you follow him too, Alex Hormozzi, this is getting a bit off track, but onto the business. Oh, way. Yeah. I love Alex Hormozzi. Like he's all about the long game and he just really inspires, I'm sure he inspires so many people, but I think if you can have that same mentality with your body as well, you know, it's
0: because, yeah, quick just doesn't work. Well, it works and then it doesn't work. We were just talking about me and my my business partner Colby today yeah. and we're talking about Alan's hormones, which is crazy.
1: Oh he's a guy. I love him. I love him and Layla.
0: Yeah. 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 He's he's really his ideas are amazing. Yeah. Uh, it what's really cool about what you said too about like the business and how that's similar to your health. It's like a good analogy for your health. Mm-hmm. From a big picture, I like to say like let's say spiritual perspective, like a, a big picture perspective, if you look at your life and you look at the ups and the downs, the downs are oftentimes more important for your learning and your breakthrough than the highs, right? So I think if you have that more like cosmic perspective of your journey, the, the, the so-called like losses or like the times when things aren't going well, let's say for your health, are actually opportunities for you to understand and integrate something that you that you haven't learned yet, like a lesson that you haven't learned yet. And then using it as a lesson makes your health that much stronger. So you actually look at it from a whole different perspective and you think, no, if I feel like I failed or something happened and it really had a bad consequence on my health or I stressed myself out, I fell back into the same pattern, I got super stressed, and, I, and I, I feel like I'm starting back at square one. It's like you're never starting back at square one because you now are coming at it from this perspective and you can see what you've done for years from a whole new lens and actually change it. So it's just the same concept as that symptoms are useful as messengers. It's like those low times in your life, whether it's your business or your health, is the way that you learn and grow, you know? So it's not a negative, it just, we just judge it like it's a bad thing. And of course it's uncomfortable and we want it to stop and yeah, it feels terrible, yeah. but that's how, that's how we grow. We're not going to, you're not going to grow if everything's just peachy, peachy. clean. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Even though in the moment you're thinking, fuck, you know, yeah. but you know, you're right. It is. And the more you do it, the more you just build that resiliency, I think, and you know, you're like, okay. This is a bit shit, you know, but whatever. We'll just keep going and keep showing up and keep doing the things that we know, you know, like obviously you evolve in your business. Like the things that we are not you can't just keep, you know, hitting your head against a brick wall. It's not working, but um, no, I think that's, yeah, that's really good. Um, anyway, better wrap it up. I'm just, I've got eight minutes now, but that was another great podcast. I just always love chatting with you. I think it's great. Go and follow, uh, even though you need to post a bit more content for people to. <laughs> yeah. He does to post a lot. I was just saying that to him. He's does some awesome work with cancer patients. So, yeah, maybe I'd love to do an episode with you on that. A bit, bit controversial, I think. I don't know. But anyway, but, oh, so you'll send me the links to the studies with the coffee enemas. I think there was something else. The the castor Castrol pack. Backpack. Yep. Um, I think with the um, coffee enema too, like, you can just get, en- like, wherever you live, just look online. Like, you don't need a special one, hey. It's just a bag with the little tube. Find the, you know, the... <laughs> <laughs> The right size. It doesn't stretch your butthole too much. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I can, I actually just did like a whole coffee animator tutorial video on YouTube and we're going to yep. make like a, a PDF so I can send that oh, cool. to
1: you. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Give me all the links and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and yeah. Thanks again, Alex. That was really great.
0: Thank you, Kitty. Love being on the show.